Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. This is Sean Cleveland with Regeneration X Radio. And I'd just like to say hello. I pray all is well with you. And I'm excited to be here with you again. It's always an honor and pleasure to be able to minister the word of the Lord to his people and to those who are yet to become his people. So I thank you for allowing me this time to spend with you, this time that we can fellowship together in the presence of our Most High. Amen? You know, I like like entertainment. I'm big into movies. I especially like the the Marvel superhero movies and Star Wars and uh, some good action, some good comedy. And I just love that type of entertainment. You know, I just saw the movie Joker. I thought that was awesome. And most of us do like entertainment. I I do watch some TV. Uh, I do have Netflix. So I have all that technology where I can keep myself entertained if I want to. Um, But I'm careful about how much entertainment and what type of entertainment that I get into. I don't want things in my mind and my heart that will distract me from the Lord or take away time from the Lord. So especially today with social media at hand, you know, you can watch movies, TV, listen to music on your cell phone. It's all there and it's easily uh, distracting because we like entertainment. I like sports entertainment and I like musical entertainment. And I'm sure all of you have some form of entertainment out there. Even listen to Christian music, Christian movies. We like entertainment. But unfortunately, there are those who love to be entertained in our churches. In our local churches, you find people who are big into the entertainment part, but not big in speaking out the Lord and studying his word. We want people to come into our midst and entertain us. And people who are gifted in the Lord and they exercise their gifts, a lot of people will put demands on them to exercise their gifts because they want to be entertained by them. And for example, there's people with a prophetic gift to them. I I have a prophetic edge and, and my anointing, the Lord has bestowed upon me. And there's a a person uh, that I know that when they talk to me, they always try to get me to to speak a prophetic word over their life. And they'll say, hey, hey, so what's the Lord telling you about me? And I'm like, well, he hasn't said anything to me about you. And then I'll talk to them again. And they're like, hey, uh, so so how do you see me? What's the Lord saying about me? And I'm like, he hasn't said anything to me. This person isn't really concerned about the gift and the flowing of the spirit, but they want to hear great things about themselves. They want me to say, oh, the Lord's going to give you the big ministry. You're going to travel the world and millions are going to follow you and they're going to pour financially into your ministry. And that's what this person wants. They don't want to hear a word where the Lord has spoken to me. And he says, you need to repent of this and that and you need to correct yourself. If I say that, that person probably won't talk to me again or at least not ask me about what the Lord is saying to me about them. Because we all want to be entertained. We see like a a prophetic gifting as 
something that uh, is always good. The word comes forth, and it's it's going to just uh, tell me how great I'm going to be and tell me what the Lord is is uh, having planned out for me to accomplish. And But they never want a word of correction. They basically just want to be entertained. And so you have people that will show up and take advantage of this, knowing that there are people out there who just want to hear an entertaining word, and they'll give them that word. I heard it many times. I used to go to a camp meeting every other service church, and basically you would keep hearing the same word. Oh, the Lord is going to increase your finances. I feel the anointing. If you give right now, the Lord will multiply, and everybody went up there and give, and next year you come around, you're still in the same financial situation. I feel now that you come up here and give $100 by tomorrow, you will see, hallelujah, your bank account increase. Everybody went up and give $100 the next day. They still broke. So these people entertain us. They, they'll come along and, oh, you're going to get married, and Oh, you're going to marry this beautiful person. And, uh, young man, your wife is gorgeous, I see her. Or, young lady, I see your husband. He's so handsome. And you're going to have beautiful children and a big ministry. And then, like, 20 years later, you're, you're nothing's happened. You're still single. You're, you're working in a, a nine-to-five job that you're not happy with. And things like that. So these people come to entertain us. People want to be entertained. So they keep allowing these people who are really just just false false prophets, false teachers, to come in because we want to hear something. Okay, it's a new year. We need to hear something new. And some of like uh, how we do entertainment, we want to see new episodes of our favorite uh, TV show, and we want to see sequels to our favorite movies. You know, we need something different every year. You you still want to keep watching the same episodes or, or the same movies, so. We gotta keep it, keep it moving. We gotta keep that spiritual production line going, uh, spitting out entertainment. And Paul found people like this. If you're following along, turn to Acts chapter 17. I'm gonna start reading verse 16. Now, while Paul waited for them at Athens, he was waiting for Cyrus and Timothy to come to him. His spirit was provoked within him when he saw that the city was given over to idols. Therefore, he reasoned in the synagogue with the Jews and with the Gentiles worshipers and in the marketplace daily with those who happened to be there. Then certain Epicurean and Stoic philosophers encountered him, and some said, What does this babbler want to say? Others said, He seems to be a proclaimer of foreign guys because he because he preached to them Jesus and the resurrection. And they took him and brought him to the Areopagus, saying, May we know what this new doctrine is of which you are which you speak. For you are bringing some strange things to our ears. Therefore, we want to know what these things mean. For all the Athenians and the foreigners who were there spent their time and nothing else but either to hear, hear, to tell or to hear some new thing. So Paul's in Athens and he's received by different idols, different 
false gods that they're worshiping. And so he became provoked in his spirit, and he started uh, speaking of our Savior and and the resurrection. And these people thought it was weird what he was teaching, so they brought him to this place, the Areopagus, where all they did was sit around telling about new things and and wanting to hear about new things. They weren't really uh, focused on and concerned with wisdom from our Lord and to know the scriptures and to know his presence. They just wanted to hear new things. They needed something different every time somebody shows up. Well, what do you have to say? Let's hear it. So they would have people come in. Like they they took Paul to the Areopagus because, hey, he's saying something new. This is cool. You know what? Let's let him in with us. And many local uh, church establishments will do that. They'll find something new. And I remember a few years back, I was still young in the Lord. So it's been more than a few years, about about 18 years ago. This man came to our church, and I believe he was from Peru. And he talked about holy laughter. And so he would teach us how to laugh in the spirit, quote, unquote. And I started getting into it. But after a while, I was moved to my spirit not to get caught up in this. And I stopped. And soon after, it it died out in our church. But I realized this man that came in with a new and different doctrine. There's nothing wrong with laughter. People laugh. Things are funny. But he brought in a different spirit this holy laughter thing and it was permitted into our church because we were just so open and ready to receive something new like wow we know something different and we can go out and now we'll run out and teach it to everybody and i've seen that in many people they hear something they don't test the spirit that it's coming from they find it entertaining and like wow now i'm gonna go out and entertain not preach the gospel, but go out and entertain because I got something that other people don't have, and I can run out, and I can be a big shot and say, hey, let's all learn to roll on the floor and laugh. Ha, 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 ha. And people will follow after you. And I had a friend who really got into that holy laughter and among other things because she found a guy online, and he was teaching how everything was redeemed already, and He was a former crackhead, and not saying that was the reason why, but he had come out of drugs, praise the Lord. But then he got into some bad doctrine, and he was teaching it online. And my friend heard him speaking and actually connected with him and went to a different state to meet him. And he was teaching her everything's redeemed, so... Profanity has been redeemed, so you can swear as much as you want. My friend came back, and she was cussing up a storm, and I was, like, looking at her. She goes, oh, see, you're just like the other Christians. You know, the Lord has redeemed everything. Everything now is pure, so we can say whatever we want. And she was dropping F-bombs all over the place, and she was learning holy laughter to the 10th degree. And he taught her how to snort the word like he would snort cocaine. She would pick up her Bible, open it up, act like she was snorting it like uh, a cocaine addict would snort cocaine. 
or you would get drunk off the word. You put your Bible up to your mouth and out like you're drinking the word, and then you get drunk and the start with this crazy laughter. And my friend got taken away with this, and it was sad to the point. It's almost been a year now. Next week, it'll be a year since she passed away because she got so caught up in all this. She didn't believe you had to go see a doctor. If you were a Christian, you were, you, you should never go see a doctor. And it turns out she allowed cancer to grow in her body to the point it took over her entire body. When we found out, and within a week after finding out she was full of cancer, she passed on. But she allowed herself to be entertained into a, into the grave. And we have these people that go about, and that's all they want to do is entertain. I'm going to keep reading here in Acts 17. It says, Then Paul stood in the midst of the Areopagus and said, Men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are very religious. For as I was passing through and considering the objects of, objects of your worship, I even found an altar with the inscription to the unknown God. Therefore, the one whom you worship without knowing him, I proclaim to you. God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is Lord of heaven and earth. So Paul goes on to tell them, hey, I see guys are religious. They have a religion. They have a belief. But they don't know the Lord. And they proved it themselves by having an altar with this inscription to the unknown God. They've heard of this God before. They didn't know him. So, you know, what the heck, let's throw an altar up to him anyways. Because we like to be religious. And Paul, knowing the Lord Yahweh and his Messiah, Yeshua Jesus, he said, I will make him known to you. And we have men who come in, they don't know the Lord, women also. They don't know the Lord. They're they're being religious, bringing false doctrine, entertainment, because that's what a lot of people want. They don't want to actually know the Lord. And you'll hear them, oh, I I love God. I, I know God. And this is me. Let me tell you, this is coming from me. People just say, I know God, and they say, God this and God that. Well, God is a title, not a name. People will will get offended when you swear and you say, God, darn, you know the word. Oh, you, you took the Lord's name in vain. God is not a name. It's a title. You ask many people, do you believe in God? They say, yes, I believe in God. Your next question should be, who is your God? You ask the devout Muslim, do you believe in God? And they'll say, yeah, I believe in God. And you say, who is your God? They will say, Allah. You may ask somebody uh, who um, believes in Hinduism, do you believe in God? Yes, I believe in God. Who, who's your God? Vishnu. You may ask another person, I believe in God. Oh, yeah, who's your God? They say, nature is my God. I worship the wind. I worship the the water, I worship this tree over here, I worship that ant. 
So you can say God, and that can mean whatever you believe is a divine being. So they knew there was a God out there that they didn't know. And Paul told them about Yahweh. In the so-called Christian faith, a lot of people, you'll ask them, uh, who is your God? They'll say, Jesus. He is the son of the living God, the very living word of the Lord. And that's something I want to preach on one day, that the Lord is alive and living, and it's the word of the Lord that has life. As he spoke it, it became flesh and was placed upon the earth. And we call him Yeshua. But the Father, who created all things, his name is Yahweh. Most Christians will get offended and say, oh, you're trying to be a Jew. Well, first off, everyone in the scripture who wrote the scriptures is Jewish, including our Messiah. So I don't know why they get so offended when they're reading about Jewish culture, a Jewish Messiah, Jewish prophets and teachers. It's weird. But he has a name. But most people are too busy being entertained to even care because that's not their focus, knowing him. They just want to hear something good, like the people, the Arab pages. Hey, tell me something different. Tell me something new. I, I heard uh, last week um, something really good, and I need to hear something really good again. So come on, teach me something new. And we allow false doctrine to enter into the, the people and we allow them to be entertained into destruction like my friend was. Because we're a culture of entertainment, and you got to keep our attention. We're not worried about truth. We're not worried about our relationship with the Most High Yahweh. We're, we're concerned about you making me happy. I want to hear some good music. I want to hear uh, something new preached, and then I'm going to go home. I don't care about salvation. I don't care about them living right. I don't care if I don't have a relationship with the Lord. That's not what I'm here for. You need to entertain me. Keep me interested. And unfortunately, a lot of people are falling into this trap of entertainment. They're not concerned with truth. They're not concerned with relationship with the Lord. And they're deceived. And so Paul taught Timothy about this. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, let's start reading verse 1. Paul is talking to young Timothy, and he says, I charge you, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who would judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, exhort with all long-suffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desire, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you, be watchful in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. So Paul is instructing young Timothy, preach the gospel in and out of season, be ready at all times to minister the gospel, not just when 
you have to do your internet radio show or you have to preach at church or you got something planned where you're going to minister the word, but be ready at any moment. You may run into a stranger and they may need to hear a word from the Lord and you should be ready to minister to them. Somebody you know may be hurting. This past week, my brother-in-law, Tim, his brother passed away and he didn't go to church. So my sister, Tina, and my brother-in-law, Tim, asked me to do the eulogy and to give a word. And I didn't really know this, this man, James. I met him once years ago. So I knew I had to give a word to the family of salvation and comfort. And the Lord gave me the word. I was ready because I went to the Lord. Didn't panic and say, oh, I got to find a good sermon to preach so I keep the people interested. I was like, Father, your word is in me. Bring out what you desire. And he did. So we have to be ready. And so Timothy was told about the time coming where, where the people will not endure sound doctrine. That time is here. It's been here. People have been giving out bad doctrine and blasphemy for centuries now, creating religion. Our Savior did not die to start a religious movement. He died so that man can be redeemed back to the Father. Get that in your head. I don't care if you call yourself Pentecostal, Muslim, Catholic, uh, uh, Hindu. I don't care what you call yourself. But understand, our Lord did not send his son to create a religious movement. He sent his son to redeem us because we are lost in this world. And the Father is calling us back to him. He didn't come to create religion. He didn't come to create a a network of entertainment. He's not worried about us being entertained. His heart is to redeem us to him. We're all born and shaped in iniquity, and we are all lost, and we all need salvation. Point blank. And just because you believe in a divine being doesn't mean you're saved. If you don't believe in Yahweh, if you've not entered into his presence by his son, Yeshua, if you're not baptized in his spirit, you're lost. You can say, I believe in God all day long. But if he does not acknowledge you as his, you're lost. Oh, I love the Lord. I I love God. But you live your life outside of his commandments. You don't even read the scriptures. You never uh, truly sought his face. You, you, You do everything contrary to scripture. You're okay with committing fornication and adultery. You you constantly lie, you're drunk, you're getting high, you hate people, you just don't care about obeying the commandments of God. You live your life the way you want to live it, and you are not being led of his spirit, his divine character and nature. You're led by your flesh to please your flesh with sexual perversion. And we all have fallen into that. All have fallen short of the glory of the Lord. That's why we need a Savior. 
We cannot live according to his commandments on our own. We cannot accomplish that because our flesh must be entertained. Our flesh wants to be pleasured. Our flesh wants to be fulfilled in his own desires. And because of that, we're willing to to have false doctrine enter in, even though we may even know it's bad doctrine, but you find it entertaining. Oh, that's so cool, rolling around on the ground, laughing like a complete idiot. Jumping up and down, barking like a dog. We had a, a, one of our, uh, our friends in, the, in the, our local church years back. He was trying to teach people how to bark like dogs. No lie. Where do you find that in scripture? If thou love the Lord, you will bark like a rottweiler. You don't see that in scripture. But people thought it was funny, it was entertaining, watching them up there barking. And that's how we live our lives. And it's a shame. We're so caught up in entertainment and not caught up in seeking the face of our God, who is Yahweh, our Lord, through his son, Yeshua. And if you don't entertain us, we don't want to be bothered with you. Yeah, you have sound doctrine, you have a relationship with the Lord, but we don't find that entertaining enough. So we'll go after teachers that will entertain us, that will please us, that will tell us what we want to hear, that they will tell us that sin is okay. I met a young man once, and he had a girlfriend, and he was telling me, yeah, I know fornication is wrong, and me and my girl really wanted to have sex, and we know that we can't have sex outside of marriage. So we both fell on our knees, and we proclaimed our marriage to the Lord, then we had sex. I was like, really? Wow. Talk about bad doctrine. But they found it entertaining, and they found fornication entertaining, so they allowed us to be. They didn't care about doing it the right way before the Lord. Because I mean, I'd gotten caught up in entertainment before, and I have to admit that I'm not perfect. I fall short of the glory of the Lord. And that's why I know I need a Savior. And we have to challenge these people that come in and they just want to entertain. Not concerned about giving the glory to our Father. Not concerned about our salvation. But they just want to entertain. Some just desire fame. And they know they preach the truth. They may not get that fame. So they preach something else that's entertaining. So that people will accept them. They don't care if they accept the Lord. It becomes all about them and entertainment. Are you part of the church, the ecclesia, the citizens of the, of the kingdom of God? Are you part of the church? Or are you part of this charismatic Hollywood? 
you want actors up there entertaining you. Is that all it is? Charismatic Hollywood? That they did not produce salvation or life? Don't be deceived, people. There are many who will come into your life and try to entertain you and bring you into what they desire. Why do they? They do not know the living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Yahweh. They're not concerned with Don't be deceived. Don't worry about being entertained. But focus on your relationship with the Most High. This is Sean Cleveland with Regeneration X. Thank you for spending time with me. As always, if you want to get a hold of me, you can find me on Facebook, Sean Cleveland, or email me at regenerate07 at yahoo.com. I covered your prayers. I thank you for this time we spent together. Be blessed. Have a great day in the Lord. Bye-bye.